0: Welcome to episode 73, or mayhap 74. We'll talk about that momentarily of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Dan Strafford. Today, we're kicking off our new mini-series on decision-making. In this series, we're going to explore the importance of developing the ability to make better, more timely decisions in a business setting. Now, Andy, it seems like you need to make a decision on a holiday episode. So this may be 73, maybe 74. We'll leave that to you. No pressure. Holidays are busy. Yeah. Maybe we can yeah, recognize
1: that. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we, it's, it's late November 2022 when we're recording this episode. And uh, I've, I've got a call out to uh, uh, some folks from the Capital Educational Foundation uh, to see if we can't do a special, uh, a special holiday episode that would drop right between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, here in the United States, so fingers crossed that I can uh, get them to say yes and come on the show. So,
0: and here I thought it was Santa Claus. So I am proven incorrect. Uh, I guess he's hard <laughs> to get on podcast this time of year. I understand. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on is. that for next year. Next year goals: twenty twenty three. Jolly old Saint Nick for the holiday episode. But All right. uh, <laughs> Andy, as we dive in here, talking decision making, uh, why? Why decision-making as the topic for, for this miniseries? and why do this now?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, episode either 73 or 74. We've, you know, we've got a critical mass of conversations around topics like stewardship, financial acumen, data literacy, accountability, storytelling. Uh, and you know, all of those things uh, center around, ultimately, a decision. And decisions are something that leaders have to do all the time. And we don't tend to talk enough. About the quality of decisions, uh, how decisions happen uh, within organizations, and how to live with decisions right. uh, once they once they are made. So, this mini series, uh, we've got some really, really top notch folks joining us. Uh, for not like we don't have top notch folks <laughs> joining us for the other, the other things uh, that that we talk about, but but boy, we we've got some real high powered folks joining us uh, as guests uh, following this episode to talk about their relationship with decision making, uh, and that's really what we're driving at here.
0: Before the show and previously, we've talked uh, about your view on the life cycle of a decision. Can you please walk the listeners through, and even me, uh, the arc of a decision?
1: Yeah, I so decisions are, uh, that word arc, I think is very important uh, because there is a flow. There's this life cycle where you start with an idea uh, and then you model that idea, which is which is very, very important. We're going to talk about modeling quite a bit today. The, those models then uh, move into a proposal. Uh, you get feedback for your proposal. You might then experiment against the proposal uh, and then use the outcomes of those experiments to make a decision. Uh, we need investment uh, for that decision. And then there's follow through, uh, which is uh, a a part of decision-making that uh, tends to get forgotten uh, quite a bit uh, and then feedback and and ultimately maintenance of that whole process. So from idea to fruition uh, of a product, a service, or uh, a people management uh, conversation – Uh, The thing that I, the two things that I would really stress with that arc that I just described is that modeling and then follow through are two things that tend to get the short shrift.
0: As a leader of a a mid-sized business, you had to make obviously a myriad of decisions throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year. What skills did you rely on most to make the the best decisions that you that you could
1: well first i'd uh, talk about delegation uh as a as a leader and what what really separates leaders from managers, one of the things is that uh, a leader is able to appropriately delegate uh, work. And if, if you're not able to delegate uh, after a decision is made uh, and rely and trust uh, on people around you to carry that decision through, then there's going to be a problem. Uh, the The second thing that I would talk about is the notion of compartmentalization Uh, leaders make so many decisions in such a short period of time and a broad array of decisions that it's important to be able to compartmentalize to be able to put those uh, decisions into a box and then come back and revisit them We'll, we'll talk about compartmentalization a little bit more later uh Probably most important, however, is agility and active listening. Too often, we close our ears, we've got this great idea in our heads, uh, and then we don't get requisite feedback, Uh, we don't do the experimentation, we don't build the models, we don't listen uh, to the people around us, and we carry a fixed mindset into the decision-making process which is going to lead to uh, challenges in almost all cases, uh, and then finally, I would say that the skill of consensus building, mm-hmm. uh, being able to work across uh, diverse groups and uh, get get individuals uh, and teams on board and make uh, key compromises uh, during during the process. Uh, If you've got a my way or the highway type of a leadership uh, strategy, uh, decision-making in the long run is going to be very, very difficult for
0: you. That all makes a a ton of sense. But what advice do you have for colleagues and team members to help guide organizational leadership to make better decisions?
1: Yeah, well, this is all about the model and the pitch uh, or uh, in other words, storytelling. Uh, so uh, a leader, so here in this particular part of the arc of this episode, we're talking about what the what colleagues and team members can do to help leadership make better decisions. And as a leader, uh, what I want to see is a scenario-based model for whatever is being put uh, on the table. There's there's never just one answer for the potential outcomes of uh, of, a, of a particular idea that uh, that you're trying to uh, that you're trying to pitch. Uh, so. Do a very simple uh, high, medium, low uh, scenario model and build and build a, a, a functional financial model uh, that you bring along with you to the pitch. If you don't bring data and the financials into the pitch, I'm going to send you right back to the drawing board. Uh, so the model, uh, scenario-based model, that uses all the financial acumen that we, that we talked about previously gets the finance folks involved. And it's really a team sport here. And then you come with that uh, to the pitch, make sure you refine your storytelling skills uh, because here you're going to use those human skills, the financial business and data acumen that we've talked about previously uh, to build those models and then make
0: the pitch everyone strives to be the decision maker, right? Maybe not everyone. People who want to move up in organizations or start their own business, that's sort of what I've noticed in my uh, career. But what are the hardest decisions? (laughs) What what are the ones that uh, maybe stick out to you as the hardest ones to make as a leader? Uh,
1: By far and away, the answer is making decisions about people. Uh, The... And here I'm talking about uh, hiring and and primarily the the firing uh, end of the of the equation. When you're talking about people, uh, you're not just talking about an individual. You're talking about a family. You're talking about their extended community and. And viewed through that lens, uh, that puts a great deal of uh of both pressure and urgency on making the best decisions possible about uh about your teams. Uh because even if you're just in the most uh cold and financially calculating individual on the planet, uh We know through data and research that it costs more to go out and hire somebody uh, new uh, to replace somebody who's maybe not performing at the level that you want them to. Uh, You know, that's the that's the quote unquote easy way uh, in many cases uh but uh for those that are cold and calculating, uh you you still uh need to be thinking very, very carefully uh even about that uh human capital replacement uh, uh function. So uh so people decisions are definitely the
0: hardest. Makes sense. Uh, when you said the most uh Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life came into my head and wondered his his transactional, uh, history beyond the movie of, of how he dealt with people <laughs> underneath him. But, uh, we're, we're going to step aside for a break on the other side. We're going to get back, uh, to talking about the skill of compartmentalization. More on that after this.
1: Thanks for listening to the balancing act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. in my book, balancing act, teach, Coach, mentor, inspire. I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com.
0: We are back uh, before the break, and, and in the first half of this episode, you referred to the skill of compartmentalization as a necessary component to the decision making process can you maybe dive in a little bit deeper elaborate a little bit more on why it's so important
1: yeah i look i've uh, i've seen leaders that just get paralyzed they get racked with second guessing themselves about the decisions uh, that they've made. And as, as a leader, as we discussed before, you're going to make many, many decisions. Uh, so the way that I was able to uh, sleep at night uh, is being able to put decisions uh, into a box uh, because uh, theory transforms into reality and you have to be able to live With uh, the results. And if you're constantly having every decision you make uh, sitting in your working memory uh, and tussling with yourself about, gosh, was that the right decision? Did I make the right call? You're just going to drive yourself bananas. Uh, So uh, being able to compartmentalize uh, and reduce the amount of emotional energy uh, that you're spending on the results of your decisions, uh, and at the right time, in the right setting, pull that decision out of the box, analyze it, uh, focus on, you know, did we run the right experiments? Uh, did, did we put enough data behind this decision? Uh, are we being agile, and are we really listening to our customers? Uh, and then uh, put it back in the box, let it run for a little bit more, and then pull it back out. That's a very, very helpful very was very helpful for my uh, mental well being as a leader.
0: It makes a lot of sense and is a skill in and of itself. Uh, clearly, yep. uh, that as we're discussing it here, also earlier in the conversation, you outlined the skills that are necessary to make effective decisions the idea of delegation, active listening, and so on. Do you rely on specific tools to guide your own decision making process?
1: Yeah. So here, um, uh, it will be a gratuitous, uh, pitch for my forthcoming book, The Balanced Business. Uh, all of the decisions that you make as a leader must have a frame that those decisions sit within otherwise you're just going to be making ad hoc decision after ad hoc decision nothing will really connect and you both your people and your customers will be able to see uh, directly uh, the the bouncing around flavor of the day shiny ball uh, we talked a lot about, I talk a lot about shiny balls. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Let's do that. Oh, that's interesting. Let's do that. And you know, your people just get pulled all over the place. So, in the balanced business, I talk about uh, the foundation of your business being its purpose. Uh, and really spending a serious amount of time uh, defining the purpose of the business. Then we move on to vision. Where are we going? Where are we headed in the long term? Then we, then we introduce culture, which is the aspirational culture of the organization built on both values and behaviors. Uh, Then we have a plan for change within our organization. We put learning and development front and center. We know exactly what we're doing, how we're going to differentiate through our quote-unquote it. And then uh, we, we put together our master and our annual goals. So both our strategic and our annual goals are the result of that strategy exercise of purpose, vision, culture, a plan for change, a plan for learning and, uh, and what we do. So that becomes the frame so that every decision we make, we can go back and we can say, okay, does this fit with our purpose? Does it fit with our vision? Does it fit with our culture? If the answer is no, then let's ask why and then uh, change course if necessary.
0: That makes a, a lot of sense and ties together a lot of the discussion points you've had here and you've had throughout the, the podcast, to be quite honest, around how we get to this point in, in our business management and in our companies. But to close out this conversation and obviously lead into more, what's one thing we don't often correlate with decision making that should be obvious but just isn't?
1: Yeah, and that uh, the answer to that from my perspective is that doing nothing is a decision in and of itself. Purposeful delay is a decision. And those two things uh, typically align with passive aggressive uh, behaviors within the organization and passive aggressiveness and I have, (laughs) I'm pointing the finger back at myself, I have been very passive aggressive in in my past and I try to avoid that uh, at all costs because it's a surefire way to erode uh, corporate culture. So the key here is knowing when to say no. The, the decision of no is extraordinarily important. Uh, if we're saying yes to everything, uh, then uh, you know, how do we differentiate uh, ourselves? Uh, all of a sudden, everything but the kitchen sink is important and our priorities are difficult uh, to, uh, to, to rank order. Uh, so as a, as a leader know when to say no uh, as a manager, know when to say no as an individual contributor. uh, If you're in a healthy organization, uh, you should uh, have uh, an enabled voice Mm -hmm. and be able to contribute to the conversation. And sometimes uh, it's very appropriate for individual contributors to join the conversation and say, you know, uh, this is a decent idea, but we really shouldn't be doing this. And here are the reasons why. And this is my recommendation for where we go from here. So, Dan, um, you know, like I like to do uh, at, at the end of our time together. Yes, sir. Uh, what can what did we leave on the table? What did we miss uh, today? What do you uh, have to. What what do you know about decision making that you'd like to <laughs> <No>. offer <laughs> for, for our listeners? You you know a lot. You know that's a lot true. about decision making. Hey, you, I type, you, you're a girl dad. You well, know a I, lot about decision I, making.
0: I, I've been often in the past when we've talked tied your your business viewpoints back to parenting, and I, I think the yes and no aspect of parenting is such a strong part of it right when to say yes and when to say no and when to pause when to have those ability to say not right now but with intention right not 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 right now i don't feel like dealing with you child no not right now because we need to do other things first we need to to and that's the same in business hey that vision you have is great and our product is going to be so much better for it in 2 years but we're not there yet we we need we need to do these things to get there um, I think is so important. I, I would say the biggest thing for me around decision making and previous stops in my career is the transparency around it all. If you are not the one making the decision, having people who are in charge who can one explain the why and be transparent about the decisions made. Not everyone's going to love every decision, yep, and that's fine. We just need to trust one the company's best be you know best is is at the the center of those decisions. two as much as can be contemplated it's the people are in the center of that decision right that they're going to make sure and three and you 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 talked around this and and to it but when a decision is made it's not fleeting it's not something that is fly by night because again the shiny balls the the butterfly or whatever you want to talk about flying by it's not oh we can try this for a little while and then it disappears uh, because I've been in organizations that do that in the past where we're gonna, you know, be an agile organization. Okay, great. Six weeks go by and there's no more 3D. There's no more lean. There's no more agile. There's no, it disappears right. because it didn't work. Um, decisions can be tough and decisions can be right, but still hard to go through. And so I think the transparency around it all is just so very important.
1: Yeah, well that that's uh, thanks for bringing all that up because that's the why behind mm-hmm. aligning the decision making process around purpose, vision, culture, your plan for change which is Absolutely essential to decision making because every decision is going to lead to some kind of change, and change management uh, is uh, is a key to a healthy or a healthy organization. So, as an individual contributor, if you're looking at decisions that are being made, and you can tie them back to that very transparent, uh, purpose, vision, culture, the, the it, the, what we do, then you go, Oh, okay. I, I can see it. But if you're, if leadership is making decisions that aren't congruent with those things or those things don't exist, then, uh, you're living in uh, chaos.
0: Yeah. Matt, or uh, you've talked town halls so much and just the communication, if they're not communicated properly and you have to go digging for, the yep. connection and that just erodes trust and it erodes culture and, and really changes up how individual contributors and middle managers feel about the company they work for. But uh, a great discussion as always. And uh, Andy, I, 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 appreciate them so much to, to, you know, push the way I think about things. And uh, Andy and I candidly have talked about a business I'm trying to start and Anult I'm not trify. the best with framework. I'm, I'm not the best with frameworks, but you're right. <laughs> I like there needs to be, uh, I always use the idea of bumper bowling. I don't know if you're seeing kids go bowling and they pull the bumpers out. Oh yeah. You, you, you gotta put them out sometimes, keep the ball That's out of the right. gutter, keep it going down to the end of the lane and, and put that structure in place ahead of time. So decisions are transparent and can be communicated properly. I appreciate it. I get it. I'm going to do it. Uh, but, uh, for those listening and maybe watching on YouTube, uh, Andrew Tempty is the channel on YouTube. Uh, this podcast, The Balancing Act, uh, available across all of your podcasting apps. What we ask from you is that you like, you leave a comment, uh, you share on social media, you tag Andy uh, on LinkedIn, you tag him across the other uh, platforms as well when you are sharing and uh, get in touch uh, You know, via uh, the, the website, via Uh, LinkedIn and connect and and help grow uh, this community that Andy's building uh, through these podcasts, through his books, and so much more. Uh, Appreciate everyone listening. Until next time, you've been listening to The Bouncing Act.